My name's Father Spencer. I'm one of the rectors here at the table. Good morning. Today I have the privilege of proclaiming good news to you, not as one over and above you, but as one from amongst you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, today we proclaim the good news that Jesus isn't simply doing cool tricks by multiplying food and healing people. He's actually interrupting our assumptions about how the world works, and he's reordering society. Jesus, as the host of a meal, isn't just welcoming us so that our needs can be met, but he's meeting our needs and then sending us out to join him in his work of setting things right. So come today and feast on the kingdom so that we can go out as agents of justice. Church, most people who have heard of Jesus, which is most people at some level, are somewhat familiar with the fact that he performed miracles. Our gospel passage today talks about him healing the sick and feeding over 4,000 people with just seven loaves of bread and a few small fish. These are some of the most familiar stories in the gospels. As a boy, I was taught these stories to the point that I could recite them without even thinking about it. Jesus feeding the 5,000, Jesus feeding the 4,000. It was just part and parcel to my whole Sunday school experience. Now, growing up in a charismatic church, one of our takeaways from reading and learning about stories like this was that God is a healer, and miracles still happen today. So this shaped the way that we lived and that we prayed for healing often and with fervency. And you know what? Sometimes people were healed, and praise God for that. But far more often than not, there was no miraculous healing, and sometimes there were catastrophic losses. Confronted with that reality, I was kind of forced to try to make sense of what the purpose of passages like this are in Scripture. Is this included in the canon of Scripture so that we can be impressed enough about Jesus so that we'll believe that he's actually God incarnate? Or is the point of texts like this to build up our faith enough so that we'll actually ask for miracles to be performed? People of God, Jesus has more for us than this today. The good news in this passage is not meant to prove the deity of Christ or just spur on our prayers for healing. So what is it that God does have for us in this text? This previous week on Wednesday morning, I was driving to a meeting and I was surrounded by smoke from forest fires from thousands of miles away. Forest fires that are brought on or exacerbated by the climate crisis that we're facing. While I was driving through this haze, I'm listening to the radio talking about different countries around the world making exceptions, kind of going back on their green agreements, opening new coal mines. And it was this dystopian experience of seeing the results, really bad results right in front of me, but also then hearing it talked about from this capitalistic perspective of, well, what choice do we have? We have to provide jobs and make money Meanwhile, the planet is on fire. So what does a passage like this have to do with that? What does a passage like this mean in a week where the highest court in our land rules that a policy aimed at promoting racial equity is actually racist against the majority group? Or when that same court rules that a business owner can proactively message on their website that some people are excluded from their services? 
What does this have to do with that? Y'all, we are a mess, and we are in a mess, and we need direction. But praise God, Jesus isn't just doing impressive miracles. He's giving us a picture of life in the kingdom. He's showing us what kingdom life looks like, and Jesus, as the host of a meal, is reordering and restructuring society. Jesus is meeting needs and then sending us out to join in his work of setting things right. So today, come and feast on the kingdom so that you can go out as agents of justice. Let's take a a short, closer look at our passage today. It starts off by saying that great crowds came to Jesus, bringing with them disabled, blind, and mute people, and people missing body parts along with many others. Then they put them at his feet and he healed them so that the crowd was amazed when they saw that mute people were speaking, people missing limbs were made whole, disabled people were walking, and blind people were seeing. This healing of these people means not only physical health, but it's also a new economic and social reality for these folks. In the kingdom of God, someone's economic and social prospects are not limited or reduced by their physical abilities. Now, things were different then, but not so different. So, at that time, sickness and disability was like its own station in life. One would be very clearly set aside, pushed to the margins of society, all community lost. Of course, I mean, it feels silly to use the word career, but no career prospects, no income prospects. Basically, life is over. You can sit around unless the Son of Man shows up. Again, things are different now, but they're not so different. We've learned something about accessibility. We've learned and started to talk about ableism, but we haven't made it yet. We have a long way to go. And all it takes is having one friend with accessibility issues to be confronted with the reality of how little we know or how little we think about it. My friend Mecca is in a wheelchair and I cannot tell you how many times I hear from him that he's gotten out of his van to go shopping or to a doctor's appointment and somebody has parked in a way that his ramp can't even come down out of his vehicle. And so, He just sits there until they're done with whatever they're doing, shopping or their doctor's appointment. We've learned a lot, but we're not quite there. But this is an opportunity. Things like this are real, concrete opportunities for us to work for justice, for us to reach for kingdom life in reality today. These are issues that can be legislated. So we actually have steps that we can take to fight for justice. This isn't just a pie-in-the-sky hope and a prayer. I'm not saying don't pray. I'm saying don't just pray. Jesus says after that, we've got to feed these people. We've been out here for three days. The disciples say to him, where are we going to get so much bread in the desert as to feed a crowd this large? It's interesting, in contrast to the crowds that are here and in contrast to the Canaanite woman from last week, The disciples don't expect Jesus to solve the problem. I don't want to spend too much time on this today, but I think there's so much we can learn by listening to the voice of outsiders. We can learn about systems of oppression and injustice, but we can also learn about a real livable faith, not just an inner peace faith, but like how can you make peace with the way things are? Thinking back to my charismatic upbringing, 
we would pray for healing, but then not really worry about whether people had access to health care. We would pray for healing, but not really be concerned about whether or not people made a livable wage. We would pray for healing, but then roll our eyes when people talk about ableism as if it's woke and silly. But church, we are free from that kind of thinking. You can pray for healing. We should be praying for healing, but we can also work for healing and wholeness in reality. Then Jesus orders the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and the fish, and giving thanks, he broke them, and he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them out to the crowd, and all of them ate and were filled. And they took up the abundance of fragments, seven baskets full. Jesus here is serving as the host of a meal, just as he is the host of Eucharist every Sunday. Notice this Eucharistic language. He broke them and gave thanks, and then he gave them out. Jesus as host is reversing the social norm. Instead of using the table, the table etiquette of his day to maintain a social hierarchy and to exclude, Jesus is displaying God's gracious, inclusive, and life-giving order. His healings and feedings anticipate the dawn of a new age, the age of the kingdom of God. Here, those who were once pushed to the margins have been welcomed in. Here, all are welcome. All are fed. Here, there's more than enough. Seven baskets full. So not only was this crowd fed, but they took up what was left, and they carried it with them, equipped to give to others who were in need, others who were hungry. Church, this is the shape of our worship each Sunday. This is why we gather centrally around the table, around the feast of our Lord. We come to be fed and to be made whole, and then we are sent out into the world as beacons of kingdom living, not just because we have inner peace, but because we are agents working for justice in our relationships, in our systems, in our workplaces, in our government. There are actual handlebars. There are means for us to work for justice to see a kingdom reality breaking free in our midst. So where is it that you need this good news today? Where are you personally experiencing lack or need? Where do you find yourself hungry? Where do you see need or inequity around you? Where do you find yourself driving through smoke while listening to conversations about how there's really nothing we can do about it? Church, come to the table today where no man is host. Jesus is the host at this table. Be fed and be filled. Come and be healed. God is making you whole. And you are being healed and hold into God's ongoing work of setting things right. Today, the way that we're going to respond to this good news is by turning and praying for the healing of our world, for the healing of creation. Then we'll come forward all together with no social hierarchy, no signs of unwelcome, and we'll gather around the table and we'll be fed. And then we'll be sent out and we'll join in this fight for justice in our city, in our country, and in this world. Church, we proclaim the good news today that Jesus isn't just doing impressive tricks. 
He's showing us what the kingdom looks like. He's reordering society and meeting needs. He's raising us up to join in the work of setting things right. So come and feast today. Let us join in this fight. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.